I literally decided at that point, like, I will go to the top or I will die. I don't care at this point. I'm just going to do it or I'm going to die. just gathering and uh, reflecting on our conversation with Kyle, glorious leader. And we are, again, blown away and cannot wait for you to listen to this. There are so many synchronicities um, and connections to where we live and um, that seven degrees of separation theme throughout it. Um, Kyle just shares a lot about his suffering and how he put that into practice um, and was able to um, feel it and explore it and see it on such a visceral level through climbing uh, Mount Kilimanjaro that um, you, you can just put yourself there. Um, and what he's gained from that, um, he shares with us and we can't wait for you to feel the fullness we feel right now. Yeah. That was a very beautiful and rich and inspiring conversation. And I'm really grateful to, to have sat with Kyle and heard his story, a part of his glorious story. Welcome to the circle. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah. I don't know sure. why you chose me. Why am I here? Because you're awesome. Okay. I mean, of the little I know about you anyway. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And because you just climbed Kilimanjaro and That's you're right. a rad musician and you have a beautiful fiance and you all have a beautiful life. Yeah, so maybe would you like to give an introduction of yourself? Oh, Lord. The way okay. that the world should see you. The way the world should, should see you. From your heart center. From my heart center. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. I was born in a small factory town in southern Virginia, um, a place called Martinsville. Ooh. I grew up there until I was 19 years old, and I went to college in Charlottesville, Virginia. I stayed there for 11 years. And at that point, I kind of, I, I majored in science. I had formed a band. I toured, uh, kind of traveled the world and traveled in America and particularly in Western Europe. And I had this kind of quandary, like, where do I want to live? Because I, I enjoy, I do enjoy the freedom of being able to go anywhere I want and mm -hmm. like kind of seeing the world as my home, which is a lo lovely feeling, but also it feels good to have a place for your stuff and a place where you can just go home and just know that it's yours. And mm -hmm. you have this little piece of earth that you can kind of um, be the steward of. And yeah, so I, I, this was, I guess, 2017, early 2017, and I was living in Ecuador for a few months and 
I sat down with my then girlfriend, now fiance, mm -hmm. and I said, like, where do we want to live? What are the places that are special to us? And the options were Virginia, where we were living. That was a that was a hard now. We were kind of ready to nothing against Virginia. We were just ready to get a change. Mm -hmm. Iceland, which is also a place that's like kind of my second home. Mm. Uh, Vermont. And Vermont, the reason that I personally decided it had to be Vermont was because whenever I wasn't in Vermont and I thought of Vermont, it felt like that feeling, you know, when you're falling in love, mm. but you don't know if the other person loves you back. And, and you just like, you, you get this like feeling in your stomach, like butterflies, like thinking about them. And you're just like, oh, I just want to be around them all the time. And anytime not with them is time wasted. That's how I felt about Vermont. Oh, so we decided it was March and we were like, how are we going to make money? What are we going to do? And we were like, we don't know. And we're going to move anyway. So we decided, and then we set a date of June 12th to move up here. In that time, we found two little acres of forest and we moved up here. Um, over the next couple of years, I, she and I built our house and she built a little farmstead. And my band, that it was called The Anatomy of Frank, we kind of dissolved because I was 12 hours north and mm. Also, we had just toured so much, and there's something about, well, that's a conversation for another podcast, probably, but um, I just realized that, yeah, if I'm going to do this music thing into, in you know, the 2020s, like, it, I think I need to start out solo, mm. because it's just, there's a lot of financial reasons, and then also it's just like, you're kind of dragging these other people on mm -hmm. tour with you all the time, and so yeah, I formed a glorious leader, which is my solo act. Um, and I released an EP in 2019, I think it was, that was called My Kingdom. Mm. Yeah. And then can you tell me what an EP is? An EP is a it stands for extended play, mm. which name notwithstanding is the name for a very short album, okay. like four or five songs. Cool. An LP, which I think means limited play. Is that what it means? You guys can correct me on that mm -hmm. if you're listening. Um, that is named for a, a long album. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm just releasing EPs these days because awesome. it's kind of like a more mm. succinct artistic statement. You can release more of a uh, higher quantity of them if you mm -hmm. want. Yeah. Um, I'm into EPs. EPs, yeah, EPs are cool, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Um, and then, yeah, then I guess 2021, I released another EP called Glorious Leader in the Analog Cabin Mystery. Mm. Yeah. And that uh, kind of brings me to today. I've just, yeah, it's been a very, <sighs> hitting 30 was awesome because like, I realized like, I kind of need to stop caring so much about what other people think. Mm. Even though I always kind of prided myself and be like, I don't care what other people think. <laughs> I kind of did. Yeah, and I still kind of do. do, right? Like, I want to be a nice person. But like, here's the difference, isn't it? Like, you don't want to care what people think it, like when it's out of your control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? For example. Yeah. This is, I'm 35 now, listeners. <laughs> and just uh today i posted on this facebook group i won't say the name of the group but it's a prominent facebook group in the northeast uh for you know people who ski in the northeast and i just posted this 
innocuous little post about yeah, uh, my fiance and I are looking for a, a ski instructor for her this winter. Like, here's what she'd like to learn. Um, would anyone like to do this? And I guess I've kind of been cutting back on social media and I'd forgotten just what you open yourself up to when you uh, do anything. And it was just like, it posted and then within like five minutes, there were like 70 comments, all of them, you know, apparent, I, I didn't, like, I'm grateful to them for letting me know. Apparently I'm just like a horrific human being for posting this. What? My relationship is doomed. And, uh, <laughs> and I, you know, I would just like to apologize to anyone I've <laughs> ever come in contact with in any way. Uh, cause this, this is what this, this, these responses illuminated to me. Whoa. Wow. And so I like, yeah, called my fiance upstairs. I was like, can you believe this shit? Look at this. And then I, I was like, out loud, I was kind of trying to acknowledge what I was feeling. I was like, okay, so I know that this is the reason I hate social media. Yeah. I know that none of these people, if we were face to face, would probably say any of this stuff. <sighs> I know that this is like an outlet for them to like, just, you know, let out rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, some rage or anxiety. I was like, but it kind of got to me a little yeah. bit. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna acknowledge that I feel that but I know it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe like, it took a good two hours, but two mm -hmm. hours later, I was like, yeah, fuck it. That's yeah. pretty good. That is yeah, good. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think that's the difference. I think 29 year old me would have like still been mm -hmm. pretty upset about it. Right. But yeah. Yeah. You, you, uh, having the confidence, if you try to be a good person, which I hope I am, I try to be, uh, if you, if you just carry the confidence with you that, you're at least trying really hard to be a good person. Like, don't really need to worry so much about. No. Um, it really helps. <laughs> it helps, yeah. And yeah. and you know, I, I think I spent a lot of my life doubting myself, like hardcore doubting mm -hmm. myself, and thinking mm -hmm. like, God, I really am a piece. You know, I'm, I'm I'm not really worthy of friendship. I'm not really worthy of this or that. But yeah, there's no reason to really. It's better to just kind of be kind to yourself, and as long as you're doing it in the spirit of continuous improvement. Yeah. 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 That's it. Well said. Yeah. Exactly. I've noticed the kinder I've gotten to myself. It's just because I'm now thinking thoughts that are kinder to myself. I'm therefore thinking that way about everyone around me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it really helps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, in periods of my life, like when I was in college, I was very, you know, just within my own head, very judgmental, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, that band sucks. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that band. And then, you know, it's really, so opinionated. it's, yeah. yeah, it's really hard to judge if you're like, if you're not afraid of other people judging you, it takes a lot of energy to judge. Right. But if you're afraid of other people judging you, mm. it's so easy to judge. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's mm -hmm. kind of what I've, another thing I've realized is trying to let go of judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. then when you see people in that lighter way, that kinder way, they rise to that occasion That's too right. yeah. because they're being seen like kindly. And yeah, for who they're trying to be. Right. Most of us. And you're so much lighter. You just weigh less. Like yeah. you're carrying so much weight, less weight through the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of carrying weight, one thing that I'm really intrigued of yeah. or intrigued by on your journey, at least recently, is your your journey up Kilimanjaro. Metaphors. No, I mean it was okay, so 
I am no mountain climber. Yeah, and can I ask before you go into the story, just sure. like... Any guiding questions you want to ask her? Yeah, just what practices, what what brought you back to your center? What kept you going? What, what made you, know, you want to do this? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, 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 we can start there. What made yeah, you yeah. want to and do it? Yeah, yeah, and then I'll get to Yeah. So what made me want to do it was friendship. Um, in the last couple of years, I, ha- I had a best friend that I met in college and around 2020, um, I had to kind of let go of that friendship because it was becoming toxic. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I recognized that it had been toxic for a long time. And I don't really have a huge quantity of friends. I like quality, not quantity. So I had to, I've been very like deliberately and intentionally trying to cultivate friendships that mean something to me. And one of those friendships was with my friend David. Mm-hmm. David is this Ecuadorian, um, like, you know, the international man of mystery, very like tall, sexy, yeah, speaks full languages. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, he's, just like, he's just like a great looking guy. And I think if you were listening, you'd be like, oh, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he reached out to me and he's, yeah, he's kind of, he and I see eye to eye. We both just kind of like want to suck the proverbial juice out of life, right? And mm-hmm. so he wrote me in February of this year and was like, dude, do you want to climb Kilimanjaro? Mm. And I was like, uh, <laughs> yes. I just said yes because I was, you know, I was like, that sounds like something I would never do. So yeah, let's do it. Um, and then, yeah, we talked about the money and the, and all that stuff and worked it out and it was doable. So, uh, I just kind of started looking into it and I was like, how high is Kilimanjaro? Well, it's 20,000 feet. And the last time I was near that high was 16,000 feet in Ecuador, and I got the worst altitude sickness. Mm. And I mean, I, if, if you haven't had altitude sickness, it is like a kill me now type of feeling. Mm-hmm. You're just like, and all of your bodily functions just leave you, and you're just, yeah, it's horrible. Mm. Um, so I was like, okay, I guess I need to train. Mm-hmm. And I started going to the gym, which I don't even like saying those words because for some reason, <laughs> And I think this is my judgmental college days coming through. It's like, yeah, look at that guy going to the gym. Things are so hot. Whatever. You know. And I was like, okay. Let's go jam, bro. Let's, yeah, I'm like, I'll, I'll go to the gym. And uh, as Providence would have it, there's a gym right across the street from me in the middle of the woods. We have this little, cute little gym. And um, I started going. And I started working out. And I was like, man, I really hate working out, mm. but I'm going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, I did it three days a week. And then I started like listening to people talking about Kilimanjaro. And one thing that I kept hearing was Summit Night will test everything that you have inside you. Summit Night, essentially what happens is you hike for three, four or five days. You stop hiking at around 5 p.m., you do an acclimatization hike, and you're, you're at the base camp at this point, the base camp for the actual summit push. So you're at around 15,000 feet. You do an acclimatization hike, which is you go up 600 feet, then back down. You sleep for two and a half hours. You wake up at 10 p.m., oh, and you man. hike till the dawn, and then all the way through the next day. Whoa. Okay, so, like, it, it's – and they said that climb – 
you will feel, even if you don't get altitude sickness, you're going to, it's going to be one of the hardest things you've ever done because you are hiking at such a slow pace. It's like, um, if, if you're, if you're listening to this and you don't have a visual picture, look down at your feet and you put one foot so that the heel, when you take a step, the heel is about in line with your toe. And you do that at a pace of mm. step, step step Whoa. for eight hours and um wow i've seen that i've seen videos of that it's so torturous and so it's like and you have nothing you're not you know you're on top of a mountain it's freezing cold and there's nothing to do you can't really have a conversation you're too winded if you try to walk any faster even for like two three steps your heart rate spikes so you just like it's just that so any um kind of mental what a practice yeah it's mm. kind of like a, a you know a mushroom trip so i hear like it if, if something dark inside you it, it will be explored during that time um so yeah i one bit of training i did was i would run up my road but i would for the run up i would put in music like a song that i hated mm. and i would just like try to push through or like mm. I was listening to an audiobook about the Democratic Republic of Congo <laughs> and there are all these sections in there about the horrific slaughters mm. that are happening and I would listen to that and just like run <laughs> you know just mm. trying to practice being with negative thoughts and pushing through regardless mm -hmm. so that was like a little training that uh you know copyright Kyle Woolard <laughs> <laughs> probably any, anyone who knows about fitness and mental well-being is probably like, dude, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> no, what? it makes me no, think yeah, it kind of it's, 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 it's yeah. facing it head on. You did that yeah. very intentionally. I did it intentionally, yeah, because I was like, <clears throat> I know that on the mountain I'm going to want to quit. And mm -hmm. I have to be, you know, be used to like having negative thoughts in my head. So anyways, this was my training. I met David in Switzerland. We spent about 10 days there because um, his family, his parents live there. And we hiked a bit there mm -hmm. at quote unquote altitude is like 7,000 feet. Oh. So it's like not, you know, got to Tanzania. I loved Tanzania. Incredible mm -hmm. country. If you want to go to Africa, it's a great like first country to go to in Africa. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, what was it like? Um, it was... Well, we were supposed to do it in six days, and we decided to do it in four. Like what? while we were, I know, because we're idiots. <laughs> oh my god! Did anyone talk to you about that? <laughs> no, no, David and I decided it. Because oh it was just us two, and so you, by law, have to have porters go up with you guys who carry mm -hmm. stuff. And I mean, it's amazing the service they provide. They basically carry like a little, like they carry your tents, like wow. a little portable kitchen. Wow. I do carried a portable toilet. Wow. I know, which like for me, I'm like, I was like, David, I cannot let someone carry my toilet. Right. But this guy was like super pumped to do wow. it. Um yeah, it was, I mean, the porters, I'll get to them. They're they're a whole nother level. Um but yeah, we hiked for three days, and at the end of every single hike, I was so sick I couldn't stand. So like had to lay down horrible nausea, like mm. I'm gonna vomit. Um, my head was like the drums of Thor, like pounding in my skull. Oh, wow. You know, diarrhea and just like 
it's just it's just it's torture mm-hmm. and my guide justin that's his anglicized name he has a swahili name as well but he was this incredible incredible presence um and he was like you know telling me that people who suffer early sometimes do better on summit night mm-hmm. because they've gotten like the red blood cells mm-hmm. your body's building red blood cells um was not the case for me but mm-hmm. but i appreciated it and every morning i'd wake up and i'd feel pretty good wow so i thought okay yeah like i think i can do this today and then i'd hike and like an hour in, i'd be like oh, an hour, and, oh. yeah yeah and then like yeah so by the we'd stop for lunch i'd just like ask the guys like is there anywhere i can just lay down in the tent like and just like sleep Mm -hmm. um and i yeah so that got us through i think it was day three when we decided to push through all the way to base camp and try to just try to do the whole thing in four in four days oh we decided decided we decided yeah we decided in in the moment because i woke up in the morning i Mm -hmm. felt awesome it's like 6 a.m and we were like should we just do it in four days? I was like, yeah. Like, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, I like self, self-empathy. Mm. <clears throat> and what I mean by that is I'm not able to picture myself in moments of pain. And so I put myself through things that I shouldn't. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I have empathy for others, but I'm not very good with myself, like, predicting that. So I was like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> and off we went. We hiked for... Uh, 11 hours, got to base camp. I was just insanely sick. I had to get on an oxygen tank and just sit in my tent and breathe for a minute. Um, we slept from 7.30 to 10 p.m., woke up, you know, wolfed down some food. My headache had gone away by that point, so I was like, all right, it's summit night, let's do this. And <clears throat> here's the craziest part of it. It's midnight, we're geared up, it's me and David, our two guides, Justin and Roger, and then these two porters, the guys that carry things. They were uh, Benedict and Jafari. And both were incredible, all, all of them were incredible. Uh, Jafari is from this tribe in northern Tanzania. There's like 113 tribes or something in Tanzania. And every tribe has their like um, stereotype. Uh, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a positive way. But is there a positive word for stereotype? Attributes? Huh. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's like what yeah. they're always like, oh yeah, he's from that tribe. They're, they're, his tribe is very hardworking. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's like if you hire a guy from their tribe, it's like, oh, that, that guy will work, you know? Mm-hmm. And Jafari, like, you just had this like really, he has a big gap between his front teeth, which I'm I'm a, I'm a real sucker for that. I love a mm-hmm. gap between the front teeth. <laughs> Me too. He just had an incredible mm-hmm. smile. And I and like of all the guys on the team, I was like, this guy, like there's something about him. And um we are about to start the climb, and we all kind of gather in a little circle and we're like, okay, we're just gonna you know, put our heads down and think about wh- who we're doing this climb for or what we're doing this climb for. And I thought about my brother, and I at the end of it, I, I looked up and I had my headlamp on. And I look at Jafari, and he's wearing like this puffy coat, and underneath he's wearing a sweatshirt. And on the sweatshirt, the coat was just open like that, like a V. And I saw there's some yellow stencil lettering on the top, kind of of yellow stencil picture in the middle, and then yellow stencil lettering on the bottom. But I couldn't see the whole words because of his coat. And the top said uh, I-L-L-E, 
And then there's a little drawing and then below it said E-E-N. And I was like, Jafari, what, what is your, like, what does your sweatshirt say? And he doesn't speak English. So I was like, come here. And I just like pulled his coat open. And the sweatshirt said, the Willie's store, Greensboro, Vermont. <gasps> what? <laughs> what? Now, okay, hold on. This is a store. <laughs> this is a store that we have all, it's in our neighborhood. It's It has everything you need. It yeah. has everything from electrical supplies and plumbing to deli meat and clothing and fresh bread. Yeah, you get yes. everything in the wine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of the things. Now, question to ask yourself is listener have you ever been to vermont maybe have you ever been to northern vermont maybe have you ever been to greensboro Greensboro, vermont uh where's that where's that (laughs) have you ever been to the willie's store that exists only in greensboro vermont no you have not yeah and uh neither had jafari who has never left tanzania (gasps) um he's never been outside of you know even the northern part of tanzania and David and I, because David, I brought him here, and he knows the Willie store very well because wow. he, he loved it. Mm. And we just like looked at it, and I'm, I'm not superstitious, but even I had this. I was, we were just like, it's a sign, oh <laughs> you know. God. We're supposed to be here right now. Yeah. And we were like freaking out, and poor Jafari's like, what, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. Right? That is amazing. <laughs> so. I would have taken that as a sign too. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. So we start climbing, it's about midnight, and it's just like, wow. uh, within, it, I think it took us about seven hours to hit the top. By about an hour and a half in, I knew I was in trouble. Mm-hmm. My head started throbbing, and I was just kind of trying not to think about my head, because I didn't want to start imagining hypochondria, mm-hmm. like, oh, my head feels like it might be getting a headache. But it sure did, and then... After a while, it became like a migraine, and then nausea happened, and then I was like, "Guys, I need, I need to stop." And I sat down, and they pulled out the oxygen tank because they were carrying oxygen tanks like miracle men they were. And uh, I sat with oxygen for about fifteen minutes, and um, got up and kept going because when you take oxygen, you do feel better for a moment. And then about forty minutes later, same thing. I was just like, "Guys." I can't, I literally cannot go on. I'm pushing as hard as I can and I cannot take another step. So I sat down, they put me on oxygen and I started sobbing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, I, and I was just, David came over and he was like, like, what, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm just so, I'm like, I'm so ashamed. I'm so ashamed that I'm on oxygen right now. And like, these guys are carrying my, like carrying our stuff to the top. Right. You're fine. Their guides are incredible. Like, and I'm just, like, I was so ashamed. He's like, you know, of course, being the good friend he is, it's like, you have nothing to be ashamed about. Like, and he said something then. He was like, the harder this is for you, the more proud you will be mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. Um, mm. So, yeah, I kind of got myself together and hiked maybe another, like, two hours. I think it was about 4 a.m. by this point. And I was just like, I need, I need more oxygen, sat down, started crying again. And, uh, basically every time you look up on the summit night, every time you look up, the mountain is bigger than it was when you looked 30 minutes before. Mm. It's just like a straight up 
like it just never you never see the top mm. and then um for the last like hour and a half justin our guide he was walking right in front of me at that torturous slow pace he had a bottle of oxygen in his backpack mm. a tube running to my nose mm. and i was just like a zombie behind him just walking and i i literally decided at that point like i will go to the top or I will die. Like, I, I don't care at this point. I'm just going to do it or I'm going to die. Um, wow. And yeah, a, a lot of this ties into my brother, um, which I should mention, I guess, and really talked about this, but um, yeah, my older brother Grant moved to Vermont. He bought the property with my girlfriend and I, and uh, he's my best friend. He's like 22 months older than me, genius musician. Um, You'll find him on YouTube under Grant Willard. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he, he committed suicide in November of last year. And so, yeah, it still feels very fresh. And it was even more fresh, I guess, that night. And just thinking about him and I was like, I, I want to, this suffering is kind of like for him. Like I want to mm -hmm. suffer to prove, like not to prove, but just like to uh, manifest like how much I loved him like how much I suffer, how much I'm willing to suffer is how much I would give to like have him back, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, we, so we, we kept going and I just had that in me. I was like, I'm just gonna go. There's, there's no, I'm, I'm not stopping. <clears throat> and finally we saw uh, where, where it flattened off on top. And, you know, Justin, my guide who was our guide who was just like such a legend he was singing these beautiful Swahili songs the whole way up just oh. to kind of like keep our minds off the pain wow and he was like he was like kaka which means brother in Swahili mm. not same as Spanish <laughs> he's like kaka how are you feeling and I was like man I feel like I feel like shit I feel terrible he was like okay well what we're gonna do is we're gonna get up to Stella Point and we're gonna get you off the mountain from there and you can go like another hour and get to the technical highest point it goes mm. up a little more but it's just I was mm. medically not able to do that so yeah yeah we we got up and the sun was starting to rise over the savannah and you're it's just like this this sea of clouds like thousands of feet below you and um we got up to the top and David and I just looked at each other and we just like started bawling um mm. just completely sobbing uh and i i went over and kind of like sat down under this kind of little uh bluff of rocks behind me and i took off my necklace where i keep some of my brother's ashes and i asked the uh guide i was like do you have a knife and i was i, I didn't realize how it sounded but like i was crying so much and i was in such a state i think he was kind of concerned when i was asking mm -hmm. for a knife mm -hmm. and he was like why and i was like i want to unscrew this and i told him and about my brother and then i put his ashes on top of kilimanjaro mm -hmm. and that felt yeah that felt um like a moment because mm -hmm. uh, he was he's he went to kilimanjaro also or he went to tanzania not kilimanjaro but um yeah. And it, I mean, that, that moment, uh, just suffering, suffering is so important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not always, you don't want to be in a perpetual state of suffering, but like, 
if you can, you know, pick something that excites you that you know is going to be incredibly difficult, but has an end mm -hmm. to it. Um, you know, I, I, I see the value in that. I think that type of suffering really clarifies things and really shows you what you're made of. Cause like for me on that mountain, once my physical reserves were gone, all you have is your mental strength. Mm -hmm. Um, and eventually like even your mental strength starts to falter and all you have is like your quote unquote spirit, like whatever, whatever you got left. Um, labors. Yeah. What's that? Labor is like it. Labor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. That. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, yeah. At that point also, I, I would assume in labor, there's like, I have no, I have no, I have no choice. There's I have no to continue. To there's yeah. nowhere else to go. Yeah. So you, you just go into the pain and deeper just, and deeper. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Mm. Wow. It was a, it was, it was, yeah, the, the most profound experience of my life, mm -hmm. I would say, that moment. Um, and afterwards, David and I talked about it, and we were like, I don't, we don't, we don't want to just take, just move on from that experience, and people ask you, like, how was Kilimanjaro? And you're like, oh, it was powerful. Right. It's powerful, right. bro. Like, we wanted to actually take actionable things that we could incorporate into our life after that, mm. right? Like, um, like, what do I want to, how do I want to be a better person after this experience? Yeah. And not just say like, oh, that was powerful, but not really think about it. Right. Yeah. The integration. Integration. Is so exactly. important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Yeah. So how have you done that? So we talked about it and we each went to our rooms and like thought about what we wanted to take away from it. My takeaways were, um, a lot of it was affirmation because that, you know, in the year since my brother, losing my brother, I, I decided like, I want to give myself fully to my friends and family, mm. like love the people that are in your life so much. There's nothing more important than the people in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just little things like I wanted to get rid of habits that didn't make me happy and, and pick up habit, build habits that did. Yeah. Right. So like social media. Mm. I don't like it. So I'm like, okay, but I'm kind of addicted to it. Yeah. So how do I get off of it? Um, going to the gym. I hate going to the gym. <laughs> and I'm going to go to the gym for the rest of my life because wow. it, I understand that like, yeah, this sucks. But like those like three, four months of training, I felt pretty damn good about myself. Yeah. You know, I'm like, got home one day and, and my girlfriend was like, whoa, you have hamstrings. I was like, what are those? You know? <laughs> and it just, it just felt, it feels good. So, um, yeah. And I'm, I, not to give a shout out to an already best-selling book, but Atomic Habits has really been a powerful book. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and just basically what I want to do is just anything that I'm doing, I want to give it a hundred percent commitment. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah. Yeah, just, just commit to things. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a dilettante. I don't want to skip around so much. Hey, so shameless ad time. I am super excited to tell you about a six-week online hypnotherapy and breathwork series that I am starting on January 31st. So... I'm all about the subconscious mind. And so what we're going to do is we're going to tap into and get more 
out of all that we can do there. So I'm gonna help you get familiar with shifting into alpha and theta brainwave states. And you're going to begin to build what I call your inner divine temple. The spaces within your mind that help you de-stress and focus and problem solve. Raise your energy, feel confident, actually be confident. How many positive affirmations can I stick in this ad? What we're really going to do is open yourself up to so much in your subconscious mind. Open yourself up to all the answers that are within you by helping you begin to build your inner divine temple. So check it out at www.dive-intuit.com slash events. That's www.dive-intuit.com slash events. And sign on up for the Ready and Confident series, building the foundation of your inner divine temple. I am super excited to be your guide. One question that comes up is just like, was there a lightness that came from that experience? Do you feel like there was a, like a really big release? Like when I think of sobbing, I think of just like release and, and often I feel like it's way deeper than we can even identify in the moment of that release. Yeah. So I'm curious. Such a perfect way to put it, a lightness. Um, I didn't experience that lightness the rest of that day because we had to hike all the way down the mountain. (laughs) I had these two guys Mm -hmm. like Benedict and, um, Roger, take me down. Could you move faster when you were walking down? Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Like, like, <laughs> like on the way up, you're going so slow, but on the way down is this loose sand, so you're kind of, like, mm. skiing down. Mm. It's still extremely, like, tiring, but yeah. but I would ask them, like, please, like, let, let me just lay down for 15 minutes. They were like, no. <laughs> they were like, wow. you have to get you off the mountain. So it was like, oh. Wow. Yeah, it was like, they had to get me off, and these guys know altitude sickness so well. They were like, off the mountain. Wow as soon as possible wow because mm-hmm. once you sickness, there's no cure for it but right. go down yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so i got off the mountain david and i looked in the last like basically with a two-hour nap in between we had h- walked fifty-six thousand steps and like i think out of 36 hours we had hiked like 30 of them so wow our bodies were shot yeah i slept 12 hours that night which I'm an insomniac. That was amazing. (laughs) And then man, like the next day I was like, yeah, this lightness, like Mm. I had let go of something, something heavy that I was Mm. holding. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly with grief, like, yeah, like that sobbing and you just like those deep sobs that like come from your stomach. Like you just, like you can't, it's like vomiting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, vomiting, like when you're sorry guys, like stick with me on this, like your, your head's in the toilet. And you know when you're you've got like a stomach bug and you're vomiting and you forget to take a breath after one mm. vomit and then like the next one comes and you're like I'm gonna die in this toilet <laughs> like this is how my story ends I'm gonna literally die in a toilet because I forgot to breathe <laughs> like I'm about to black out <laughs> so yeah it was that that kind of sobbing like mm. it's the grief is grief is the only way to move from you know in my case it's the only way to move from my brother being in the world doing things and like you know receiving my love and giving me love to him not existing you know except in our in our minds and and our our 
imaginations and memories. Like it's, that's a mm. horrible, hard thing for humans to have to accept. And yeah, you know, our, our bodies and minds reject it. We reject that someone died. That was what was happening was like, I had gotten rid of all my strength and now my body was just like, here it comes. Yeah. And, you know, I think David, he had uh, gotten out of a seven year relationship like mm. a year and a, or a month and a half before. So wow. he was also feeling that. And, mm. Yeah. Lightness. That was it. Yeah. Just lightness afterwards. I love how you said, um, <clears throat> you know, you needed to almost show him or yourself how much you were willing to like suffer for him like that's how big your love was yeah and like um <clears throat> something I've learned with children too is that like you need to like um show pain like the amount of pain that you're feeling yes. through something so like physical like you need to fully feel it in every cell and every part of you and like express it yes to be able to like like prove to yourself prove to him like to be able to like prove to stick. Through it. yeah exactly yeah. yeah exactly you have to yeah right um and i think we all do that different ways like i'm a very big verbal processor so mm -hmm. i i talk i blab my mm -hmm. way to enlightenment and um <laughs> me too yeah yeah so and, and, <laughs> yeah and sometimes like for me like really loud crying is the only the only way mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah i had yeah. a really good sob session the other day and it felt so good mm. yeah i haven't had one in a long mm. time so it's it's helping me um feel into your story yeah. to have had that experience recently it's just such a beautiful release to mm. sob you know how there's there's the threshold energy there's like a, a threshold energy to get into the sobbing and then it kind of coasts downhill from there it's like mm -hmm. you gotta just like if you feel like it's happening you gotta almost like push yourself into it and just like let it happen and then yeah okay we're mm -hmm. sobbing now well that's the important thing of that like you can't get to sobbing without giving yourself permission to exactly. like get there because mm -hmm. you kind of mm -hmm. feel like you're insane a yeah. little bit mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. it's a scary thing to let go especially when it's, your kids are looking at you and they're like to let go. don't know mm -hmm. whether to laugh or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a whole another layer. I never like thought about. Like, yeah, girls oh are like <laughs> <laughs> watching it. Yeah. Oh god, if I, I don't even have that. Like, if I have these little witnesses to my, I don't know how you guys do it. Like, it's good. They're just used to it. Okay. okay. You gotta just keep them on. Yeah. Toes, making them think that you're a little crazy all the time. <laughs> that would help, I think. Yeah. 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 Did you ever find out how Jafari got that shirt? I think it was just donation. A lot of the closest guys were donated. Wow. You know? Wow. So, I mean, these porters, guys, they're living on, when they're carrying our stuff up the mountain, and I'm talking about like, I'm carrying a 15 pound backpack and I'm huffing and puffing. These guys, we leave, they pack up everything, and they walk by us with 60 pound. <gasps> bundles on their heads and sometimes 20 30 more pounds on their backs and they're walking by and every time like i always said hello to them i was, I was like mumbo and they'd be like, oh, mumbo, boa, boa. like hello 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 you know like always in a in a fine mood and what was interesting was that i was like okay maybe they're just you know that's just part of the job like always be polite to the tourists but then I would kind of see them when they were 
in their tent together, all the porters together, and they're just like laughing. And I realized like this is a it's a very special community. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a badge of honor. Like I'm a Kilimanjaro porter. Yeah. I'm tough, you know? No doubt. Yeah. And they're doing all this for ten dollars a day. <gasps> wow. And and I mean you you tip them. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And you're like, dude. Of course. Yeah. But uh, you know, your your impact on their life is so minimal compared to the yeah, you know, the the time that they're alive, like but and compared know. to the impact that their life is having on yours. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually I'm I'm friends with a lot of those guys on Instagram now. And yeah, I bet. We yeah. stay in touch. Um See, there's the positive about social media. There is the yeah. positive in yeah. that. Yeah. Use it intentionally. Yeah. Right. That's it. Right. Like yes. intentional. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yes. Yes. We can do that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, it's weird because I, when you said the Willie store thing, though, I immediately thought, I wonder if he got it from one of our family members. Oh, right. Kinsey's. Yeah. <gasps> the Kinsey's. I wrote to your, I wrote to Earl Kinsey. Um, no, no, no. Who is it? Um, Irwin. Irwin and Ethan. Ethan. Even. I wrote to them mm-hmm. and asked if I could meet up with them, but they were both busy. One of, I think Erwin was doing a safari. Uh, Ethan. Ethan. Ethan was doing a safari. Was, yeah. 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 It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And cool. I was like, oh, Willie Storm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots yeah. Of the family that would there. be so full yeah. circle. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I hope this is horrible for all of you <laughs> yeah. listening, but... Eleanor has family that lives in Tanzania, and it would be pretty amazing if that's how the t-shirt ended up on Jafari's back. So crazy. If my husband was in here right now, he would be talking about how that always happens. Oh, that yes, absolutely. Places and, and he goes to the weirdest places and somebody will be like, oh yeah, Vermont. Oh my gosh. Yes. My, exactly. my dad was in China. And someone got up and or heard he was from Craftsbury, or said they were from Craft, uh, New Craftsbury, Vermont, and knew Hugo Mesa, my dad's best friend. In China. Oh, yeah. Listen, I could tell you, <laughs> I bet you could say stories all over the world. Uh, yeah. The world is so small. I have had countless experiences in places in the world where they're like, oh, yeah, I know your uncle, or oh, my neighbor, your neighbor is my best friend or like, but is just it like seven degrees of separation. Is right. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Wow. What an incredible oh, story, that. Kyle. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for the, um, the E. The EP? EP. The extended mm. play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was another thing I did this year was I recorded an EP in Iceland. Um, mm. That's like, not gonna lie, ladies, it's straight up pop. Hey, yeah, it's dance party with it's, the glorious um, leader. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was funny because after after um, my brother, I was like, okay, I bet the next thing I write is gonna be super sad. Mm. But then I did. I wanted nothing to do with music for like four months, four or five months. And then mm. I was like, ah, but I got this. This I want to record something. So I was like. I just felt like actually making something that was like light and upbeat mm, and like, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not fluff. Like the lyrics are, you know, they're real and they're, they're at times quite heavy, but like it's in the context of just something that feels fun and like, mm. you know, groovy. And uh, yeah. yeah, that was, so that will be out at some point in the near future, I think. 
So do you awesome. write about your, your journey? Is there like, do you journal? Do you like have some type of writing process? Is it all towards music? Usually, yeah, the way I, I, I am a writer. So I, I write also and I'm, I wrote a novel this year too. Oh that, yeah. That's, I mean, I have to like revisit that in a year when I've forgotten everything and like, mm-hmm. you know, bring it together. That's amazing. Yeah, first draft, baby. Um, but the way I usually process stuff, I think is like, how do I put something so abstract into words? Like it's, it's musically. Okay. And it's like, basically if, if I play something on guitar or piano or whatever, the only thing that matters to me now is not about how virtuosic it is. Like if it sounds, you know, if it's a chord progression that's never been done or whatever, I've stopped caring about that almost completely. And all I care about was, does it sound like something I forgot from childhood? Mm-hmm. And that whenever it sounds like something that, that I forgot from childhood, like, wait, where have I heard this? And then I'll like play it for various people who, you know, have a pretty cumulative, like wide range of uh, music knowledge. And if they're all like, no, no, it's never heard that. Then I know it's something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Tanzania, I think, at, at the end of that trip, I was writing a lot of music in my dreams and then I'd wake up and like sing it into my phone. And yeah, I think that's kind of, for me, whenever I hear those melodies now, just, I feel like I'm there. Mm-hmm. And that's like a very emotional connection. It's like smelling something, like smelling mm-hmm. the smell of your childhood closet, mm-hmm. right? Whoa, you know, it just brings back visuals and yeah. feelings mm-hmm. and yeah, that's yeah. how it is for me. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Can't wait to hear it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I keep thinking about like. I'll I'll actually if you guys want I'll I'll uh, send you one of the mixes and you can include oh, it in the podcast. Great. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I keep thinking about like extreme sports and just how people find their way there and often you know like can become addicted to them. And I'm curious if you've ever felt the adrenaline, like what you felt to get up that mountain in any other setting in your life, or if you've, you know, experienced like any part of that in other places in your life. And also, do you want more of it? Oh, great questions. (laughs) Yeah. So I was a downhill mountain bike racer for many years, Mm. which is, yeah, it definitely qualifies as an extreme sport. And I want to, I don't want to mislead anyone. I was not terribly good at it, but I got first in a couple races. Hey, and I am afraid of a curb on my bike. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was definitely a feeling like when I would, it would be race day. Cause you get there on a Friday, you train Friday, Saturday, you have a run on Sunday to practice and then there's race runs. And it's like six minutes of, you know, you're jump, jumping and, going off drops and like in rocks and mud and just super, just quite dangerous. And um, the next day, like Monday, I would feel so depressed, mm. just like crushing, crippling depression. Mm. And so I was like, what is going on? And then I realized like, I was just totally on adrenaline yeah. come down. Yes. Um, and yeah, I think that, you know, I did crave, I do have that kind of personality where I crave that stuff a bit, but I try not to 
go to nuts in it. And then what was the other great question you led to with that? Oh, would I do it again? Yeah. Do you want more? Uh, I think I am probably announcing my retirement from any high altitude activities Mm -hmm. because (laughs) it seems the Woolards are of low country stock. (laughs) Um, David is a, he's a creature of the Andes. Like he grew up at ten thousand feet, and he had no trouble. Mm. I mean, he, it was still hard for him, but he had no trouble. Um, yeah, I think I can probably challenge myself in other painful ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you want to? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because like, what's the? I, yeah, it's just like I don't want to live kind of a sterile, neutered mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. of. Oh well, you know that this feels comfortable. Do that. Like, okay, here's one. I love going in freezing cold water. Oh, yes. Don't you love yes, that? Like, yes. how alive do you feel when you come out of that water? That's like, in right. the suffering when you get in, you're like, ah. <laughs> and then you're in it and you're like, holy shit, look at me. <laughs> you know, and then you get out and you just feel like it, it could be yeah. zero degrees yes. and you're like, I feel amazing. Yeah. Yes. yes. So, yeah. Yes. I like stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I was thinking about. Um, even earlier when you were talking about suffering and you were talking about how um, that was something that you could do for your brother is, is because I was also thinking about how suffering is that, um, that point where we feel often the most alive, right? Yes. Yeah. The most alive because you're alive. Yes. Yeah. Um, All that we can thank that pain Right. We can thank suffering for being those moments in which mm-hmm. we feel the most alive because it hurts so yes. much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just. And it, it kind of re, it recalibrates, right? It sets a new reference point. Like, okay, when I'm at my happiest, I'm at 100. When I'm feeling the worst I've ever felt, I'm at zero. Mm. And then it, after an experience like that, basically what you figure out is like, boy, you thought that was zero. Let me show you what zero actually is. Zero is way down there. Mm -hmm. And then when you're back, you know, when you come back and you're, you're in normal life again, you feel good. You realize how much worse you can actually feel. And I think that as a reference point gives you like a lot more to appreciate. Yeah. You're like, man, I, I, this, things are really good right now. Yeah, you know? right. absolutely. I mean, it, it just like keeps making me think about just this like idea of staying in your comfort zone and how getting out of your comfort zone. I mean, I traveled for like three years just living out of my car and I called it the most beautiful challenge of my life because every day I would wake up and I'm a homebody. Like uh, I love having you. a home. Yeah. And it was so challenging every day, but it was the most beautiful gift I've ever given myself. And it expanded everything for me, my perception, my, my understanding of what I was capable of. I learned what I wanted, what I didn't want. There's so much to be gained outside of our comfort zone. And I think, you know, I just feel like that message is so, 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 so important, especially for, you know, like the the generation that's in their early twenties right now, I feel like it's like social media can kind of make us feel like we're experiencing things Mm. when we're not. And it also can like create, and it also like on the contrary to that or on the stark, like opposite of that, like 
it also makes us appreciate the mundane part of life. You know, yeah, it's like, that's true. I think, I don't know why social media is coming to me right now, but it's like, it's like social media, one makes us think that we have a terrible life most of the time yeah, because everyone does. else is living this beautiful life and we just have these boring pictures of flowers or something. Um, <laughs> and then it's also like, it's also like, it kind of takes away from the fact that life is generally pretty mundane, like in the in-betweens, you know, between climbing Kilimanjaro and, and writing and, and, or, and, um, recording an album in Iceland, Mm. life is mundane, (laughs) you know, it's like, and it's good and it should be. And that's also where we find a lot of richness. And I don't know, we don't really, I think going outside of our comfort zone and, and breaking our own barriers can, can both shine light on how beautiful it is to have a mundane life and encourage us to continue, um, going outside of that little box that we live in well said mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. funny I, I was thinking about because i this is another problem i have i do kind of chase the dragon mm. if you will i'm always like kind of looking for the next thing mm-hmm. um but i was talking about this this kind of double standard that we always have we often have like say you travel to switzerland and you travel into this valley like the valley where my parents friends live um and i meet this quaint little Swiss, you know, man who lives in this valley and he speaks Swiss French. And I'm like, oh yeah, I was over in the uh, the next valley over. They have a great little spot. And the guy's like, oh, I've never been to this valley. Like, I can't understand the way they speak. Like their, their dialect is so, and I'm like, wow, how cool is that? This quaint little Swiss farmer, like he has this little farm in this mountainside in Switzerland and like, he doesn't even leave his valley. Like, how cool is that? Right. And then I'm home in, home in Vermont and I'm like, and someone's like, ah, uh, what are you up to this afternoon? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, uh, heading down to the airport and flying, flying down to North Carolina, North Carolina. No, no, I've never left Vermont. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, you backwards, like, you know, like, like I, I, we hold our own, yeah, the right. quaintness is not there for our own, right. like, uh, our own little bubble, our own community. We're like, oh, well, you should see the world. You yeah. should travel. And Get out there. Like, that is no different from the Swiss guy. Right. 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 But, the just charm. Like, but he speaks English and he's got yeah. an American accent and I'm I like, know. so, um, you know, I try to just, yeah, like the mundane is so important and if you can't take pleasure in the mundane yeah you're just gonna have an uphill That's right. battle the whole way exactly it's like most of life is a mundane most of history right. is mundane yeah what's that quote like 99.9 percent of history is people eating sleeping and fucking that's right <laughs> like that's and it. what beauty in that yeah. eating a meal with the ones that you love there's really like it's one of the most beautiful things in the world yeah Right. You can find richness can in find every richness. moment. In yeah. every moment, yeah. Like and now, that's like right like now. now. Yeah, yeah. We're and burning I feel like candle. that's where, like, uh, you know, but it's a different kind of like the spirituality and the sensuality actually comes from the mundane and the slowness. Mm-hmm. Um, but then traveling and seeing new things is also like spirit. It's also 
Yeah. It is yeah. God to me. It's like just seeing something new, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. is, is that too, but it's a different, I don't know. There's like a comfort <laughs> and there's like the, you know, the energy that I get from travel and mm-hmm. meeting new people and seeing yeah. new things. Experiencing Novelty. new cultures. No, yeah. I wonder, yeah. It's, it's like, I know in computer science, there's this concept of exploration versus exploitation. Exploration being, or exploitation being exploiting the things that you know to bring you good. Like you go to the restaurant, you know the BLT is good, so you get it every time. Mm. Now, exploration would be, do you try the Cuban? <laughs> well, it could be amazing, but there's a risk that it's not going to be as good as that BLT and you've just wasted a meal, right? So do you explore or do you exploit? You want to have a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's a great one. Yeah, traveling yeah, for me okay. is like exploration. Mm-hmm. And then you want to be able to exploit as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And eventually, travel turns into exploitation. Like, I know I love Sri Lanka now because I went there. I took mm-hmm. a chance on it. So I can go there and exploit the fact that I love this place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We must remove the baggage from the word exploit. If you quote, don't quote <laughs> yeah. me out of context. Yeah. Yeah. Exploit Let's Sri Lanka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exploit it. the BLT. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, oh my gosh. Well, it makes me think also about novelty and how, how we can introduce novelty into, into our lives in ways that doesn't feel like like mm. out of reach mm-hmm. that that you can find novelty in just even changing the the littlest things right I, I think about things like just the funny funny things that I have tried over the years like oh yeah okay well now I'm going to brush my teeth with my left hand instead of my right hand <laughs> um, I am going to you know put my shirts on differently or I'm going to I I cooked by blindfolded just for fun to see, what? like, can I do that? Oh, and I cool. somehow yes. don't. I saw fingers. It's great, um, <laughs> but I like knew every where everything was in my fridge. I like didn't look at all. I was like, this is amazing. Mm, that and, is amazing. Yeah, right? yeah. objectively, categorically. <laughs> yes, and it just what it does is it just makes life so fun. Yeah, going to, you know going um, up the stairs backwards going down it sideways. Like, how, yeah. what are the many ways that I can switch things up? Like, kids do it all the time. Yeah. Right? Like, watch TV upside down. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I flip over and I'm like, whoa. Mm. You know, if I flipped over right now and I was just looking at your faces, your faces would be so new to me. I would be laughing hysterically. Yeah, yeah. Try yeah. putting your legs up the wall and laughing really hard. Oh, yeah. yeah. I still have to try this. Great. Uh, yeah, it gets, like, really heady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta try it. And I find like what, you know, I feel like I have to be brave to travel um, because it's not something that like, um, it's like, I'm not used to doing it anymore. Um, And so what I find right now too, is like, I can be brave in reacting differently. Mm. Um, And like, and so that feels like somewhere that's bringing up all those feelings of like travel for me of like, I get to be brave and try something different. And then I get to see how it changes my environment um, and try and own my experience more. And that's been kind of like. <laughs> um, I feel like that's given me when I, you know, when I'm grounded with children right now um, and haven't been able to travel, it's been given me that like 
thing to fulfill that need. Yeah. Um, but it's really hard. <laughs> that opportunity you mean to to be able to like build that muscle. Right. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. It's like a playground. I'm getting to play. Um, but it takes a lot of guts. Totally. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Awesome. But way yeah. to jump in and yeah. really lean into it right. and say, okay, I'm going to do this um, yeah. and build that muscle. Yeah. And now I'm going to be able, and then apply it to traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That comes up. Right. Exactly. And then I think about what you were saying about waking up in your car for three years. Yeah. You know, and I, there, there is that thing like, um, I remember reading this article about the importance of studying abroad in college, mm-hmm. which I never did, but they said one of the most valuable things about studying abroad is waking up, you know, three, four weeks in, and you're so homesick that you just lay in bed and cry. Mm. And at night, you just lay in bed and you're so homesick, you cry, you want to call, but you realize they're already asleep and you can't call and you're so lonely that you just don't know what you'll do. And then your eyes eventually close, eventually they open, and lo and behold, it's a new day and you're still there Mm -hmm. and that is so fundamental to like building our sense of confidence in the world yeah our sense like huh okay I'm still here Mm -hmm. like maybe I can get through this maybe and then maybe eventually I can even start to appreciate and enjoy it Mm -hmm. yes and yeah like waking up in your car every day for three years when you're homebody like that yeah that made you such a stronger person it definitely did there were some beds and it's it's like you're still you you're still you you're still you no matter where you go yeah Uh, and you're still gonna like you're still you're still the one that looks at that moon wherever that moon is Mm -hmm. isn't it it is a head trip what is it not on wherever you go there you are oh yeah yes that's That's right yeah yes Mm -hmm. yeah it's so weird like oh my god i'm still like you're, if you go somewhere, you're still, you know, Eleanor who lives in this house, and, but you're over in like Antarctica or something, you know, nice. like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's awesome. Crazy. It is awesome. <laughs> Especially when you consider like every seven years, every single atom in our body is replaced. Yes. Still you. Yeah. And still they you. say that in relationship, every, every seven years you completely change like who yeah. you are mm. and so it's in that like every seven years like needing to fall back in love mm-hmm. with who are you now wow yeah and that's how wow. to maintain a relationship because you do completely change so do you you know still match sounds up sounds like a podcast to me <laughs> how do you get through the seventh year yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that about the atoms that's so interesting it's, it's oh, yeah. insane it's why that people start so liking sense. tomatoes at like 57 years old or something mm-hmm. you know whatever the age is it's like your entire taste like all of your taste buds change it's mm. wild yeah what's that quote you don't yeah. have to change friends if you just understand that friends change yeah yes. like, I love that. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I keep, I keep wanting to ask you. So, so you're still going to the gym. I'm going to the gym. And originally I said, I'm, I, I hate going to the gym, but I'm going to go. Now I said, I hate going to the gym and I'm going to go. Ooh, yes. Mm, good. You know? That's what my next question was. Today. Is like, okay, so terrible. how are you getting yourself there? <laughs> I mean, how are you doing that? If you hate um, it so much, because I bet every listener right now, 
wants to go to the gym <laughs> or go to that yoga class or go to do their ritual or sit down every morning and do that thing, but they just need to find the way to commit. I think that what stands in the play and what always stood in the way of me and reaching a result was being too results focused. Mm -hmm. I, we need to focus less on the result and more on the trajectory. Mm -hmm. So for instance, like, and also like, what, what is the gap between where you want to be or what is the gap between um, the pattern you want to build and where you are now? So like, if I want to go to the gym and I'm sitting in my super comfortable chair and it's like 1140 on a cold winter day <laughs> and the fire's going, I'm like, oh God, I'm supposed to go to the gym at noon. Okay. So right then when I've said that the gap is between me sitting in the chair and me being at the end of a workout, the gap I need to be focusing on is between me sitting in the chair and me putting on my gym shoes. Mm -hmm. Now, if I put on my gym shoes, Am I going to go back to the chair? No, because I don't want shoes in my house. Mm. Right? Boom. Switching off for what it sounded very, 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 sounded very patriarchal. <laughs> I don't want of shoes in my house. It's in all of us. We, we don't, we don't want shoes. Yeah, we live in Vermont. So, <laughs> so then, like, I don't shoes in my house, but I do. Yeah. And then I get mad every day. <laughs> Same. So then, yeah, then it's just, uh, it's just the focusing on, uh, the, the process. So for me, it's like, I just think about putting my shoes on. Then I think about driving to the gym. And then once I'm there, I'm not going to be an idiot and just sit on the bench. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I'm going to, I'll do something. And then, um, yeah, I mean that like the end result, the result is just, it's like a lagging, it, it lags, right? Like the result you want is a, it lags way behind your processes. So like mm -hmm. if I, if I work out every day, like I still have love handles. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, they're going to go away eventually, I hope. But if I just focused on losing my love handles, I would have given up at month three. Right. Right. But like the result is going to lag. Like uh, uh, my, my lack of love handles is a lagging measure of my process. Mm -hmm. It's a lagging measure of my, my workout routine. Do you feel like any part of this is just like a connection to the suffering? Uh, it's a comfort with suffering. A comfort with suffering. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really. I'm not at that point yet. I hope I get there someday. But like at that point where I'm like, oh, I just want to go to the gym, and suffer. I love, uh, I love that when I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm not that guy. Yeah. Um. Yet I am on a podcast talking about fitness. So maybe I'm a <laughs> you know what? You know what? You're making me think of. I just want to hate it most. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I just watched the Netflix documentary Stutz. Stutz. S T U T Z. It's a he's. It's about a therapist. Stutz is a therapist, and he's awesome. And one of his tools is, and he suffers. He has Parkinson's, and mm. he's had it for since he was, I think, in his thirties. Um. So he's gained a lot of clarity and a lot of knowledge because of a life long, lifelong suffering. And one of the things he talks about is the tools that he has is called the string of pearls. And it's like one pearl isn't better or bigger or brighter than another, but you just have to, your job is to just put one string on the pearl. 
One pearl on the string. One pearl on the string. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's like, don't make any big thing about that one pearl. It's Mm -hmm. the same as all the other pearls. And so like putting Mm. your gym shoes on, getting, you know, out the door, it's like that end pearl isn't any better than that first pearl. Mm -hmm. But our job is just to put the pearl on the string. Mm. And I loved that. There's a simplicity to that. And a lifting of judgment about each moment Mm -hmm. that says that every moment is equal. Yeah. Yeah. To borrow a metaphor that makes me think of a metaphor from James Clear, um, the author, he said that if you have an ice cube in a room, and the room's at 25 degrees Fahrenheit, and you want to melt the ice cube, well, you need to heat the room up to at least 32. And so you heat it up to 32 and the ice cube very slowly starts to melt very, very slowly. Does that mean that when you were at 26 degrees that it wasn't working or 27 or 28 or 29? No, you, it just, it hadn't unlocked yet, right? Mm-hmm. It was, it was a pearl in the string. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking, if your end goal is like, oh, I want 200 pearls on a string, you're going to be likely, you have, you have, you're, at a much higher risk of being dissatisfied with each step along the way. Mm-hmm. And if you're just like, yeah, Pearl, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pearl, yeah. Like, that's a much better way to live your life, just yeah. like being stoked all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can look back at all the pearls you put on the string instead of looking yeah, back and being yeah. like, yeah. what were you thinking? Yeah, exactly. Well, that makes me think, though, that if they're all equal, then they can all be equally celebrated. And I think that mm. that that is one thing that is missing so often is the celebration mm. along the way. Yeah, it is because we're so, you know, focused on the end result that we're never celebrating the, the progress that they're making. We're making mm-hmm. along the way. But if you look at it like all the time, like every single step is is its own. We can celebrate all of them. Yeah, that's right. I feel like the tarot is really good at teaching that to stop and celebrate and look mm. back and yeah, pat yourself on the back. Mm. Nice. That's a, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that you get from that. Yeah. It's an invitation to celebrate. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Love that. For sure. mm-hmm. Well, that does kind of bring me into our often closing question, mm. which is what are you celebrating right now? Mm. Not gonna say modular synthesizers. <laughs> you can <laughs> that too. Okay, that's real. It's real. Right. You know, I think I'm. I am celebrating the pearls because right now, each day I wake up and I've got an end result, which is I'm building a new live show. And the new live shows, I'm I'm tired of being white white guy on acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to bring in some electronics and like have like kind of a little more intricate, more colors in the, mm-hmm. in the performance. I'm using new software. I'm using new hardware. It's very technical. And every morning I wake up, I get to go in my little log cabin studio and I, I work on this music for a couple hours. And there are times when I've been working on the same song for like a week and a half. And, uh, I'm like, man, like this song has taken a long time and I still have to do like 20 more. Um, before I can go play live, you know, with a competent show. But 
then I just think like, no, this is this right here, this moment when I'm standing here in front with my guitar and my laptop, like this is what it's about. Mm. This is it. This is the fun shit. I get to sit here and make music. And you know, maybe a nuclear bomb will I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I can't control that. So this this is awesome. Yeah. And I go and get to go in my house later and yeah. my girlfriend has super cute cheeks and I get yeah. to kiss them and I get to hug my dog and like yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm celebrating, just like the pearls on the string. and just tap into more of that grounded feeling um, this evening um, so that perhaps we can cultivate it through the rest of the week. Um, so if you want to join us, um, you can find yourself a comfy spot, light a candle, and we're going to start by imagining a root coming from the base of your spine, going down through the floor and into the ground, going deep into the earth, to the very core of the earth, and attach your root to the core of the earth in whichever way you would like. You can wrap it with a bunch of roots and hold on you can drill into it um, however you choose <clears throat> and then i would like to take a few deep breaths down through that root and into the core of the earth as you start to breathe down into the earth, start to inhale up the soil and the energy of the earth. And bring that into your womb space. And it's dark, mine is dark brown and green, mossy green. Just imagine the color of your earth coming up through the core and into your womb space like a bowl, a bowl of dirt and leaves and moss and bugs. And exhale anything you want the earth to absorb for you. And inhale earthy groundedness into your womb, into that bowl. While we have that soup kind of simmering, we are going to touch into your universal energy. You can kind of just imagine turning on up above you, having 
a shower. Mine is like a rainbow silvery shower down through the crown of your body. Down the back of your spine and into that bowl. And it's mixing with the earth energy. The rich earth brown mixed with rainbow silver glitter. Take three deep breaths here. Now the next breath, <clears throat> we're going to inhale the earth and the universal energy. And we are going to send that bowl out through our crown, through our shoulders, through our hands, and out into our aura. Just feel it wash over you like a waterfall. And coat you. And healing energy that is always available to you. And now, here's a song from Kyle Glorious Leader's upcoming EP. The song is called, I Don't Want to Wait. Can I touch you? Is that part of the arrangement? Where is the line? Cause I sense you've got one finger on eject. And I can't read your eyes
and they 